have any of you or your family members had emotional or mental challenges? I think that very few of us go unscathed. And so I am really about taking charge and being able to just uh, control your feelings a bit so you can stay more in the light. And um, how many of you believe that you can actually take charge of your feelings or that you know when you should seek help? Awesome, thank you so much. I strive to empower those with emotional and mental challenges to move forward with purpose, grit, and confidence so that they can move forward and be successful in their lives. And why am I an authority on this? I have had to learn through my life's challenges, which have been major. And I had to empower myself. And now I want to empower others to work through their challenges and learn to be prepared to meet their sudden and radical changes. And this is a time of many sudden and radical changes for a lot of people. So about me, I, um, I grew up in an abusive situation with a severely mentally ill mother who seemingly didn't didn't love me, bottom line. I'm sure she did in some way, but she wasn't showing it to me. And um, she was severely mentally ill, but nobody recognized that until I was in my teens. So you can sort of imagine what I was going through. And, um, you know, so I believe that in, in incorporating mindfulness in our curriculums starting at a very young age and throughout our education would really enable us to be more whole human beings. And I really think our whole system sadly doesn't address it and we need to change. I ran away to get away from my mother when I was 12 after she tried to kill me, or she attacked me with a butcher knife. I, I escaped unscathed, so that's the good news. But I ran away across the country at 12, and it was amazing. It was like in a time of major history, Martin Luther King was out about town. Joan Baez was my mentor for a long time. So there was a lot of really great things. And on my journey, I went to many places. And I did experience a lot of beauty and joy, despite my difficult childhood. But I was angry, and I had a huge chip on my shoulder. By the time I was in my late teens, I realized that if I wanted to be successful in any way, in my life, I was going to have to change. But I didn't know how. These are places that I, ran, that I stayed at across the country. Um, so I finally stumbled upon a small book 
written by David K. Reynolds. And he is a psychoanalyst who blended Eastern philosophies with Western therapies. And he created the movement called Constructive Living. You can Google him on that. But that little book really stuck with me. And I incorporated the changes um, that he recommend, which is really basic for me. It was set your feelings aside. Obviously, I had a lot of dark feelings. And do what needed to be done, or what needs to be done. And for me, it was wash the dishes. I'm really serious. And it was difficult at first. That's how deep it was. But over time, I became increasingly more positive and productive. And so believe in yourself. It is your life to take charge of. And many of us tend to think circumstances lead us down a path, but we should all be motivated and active in crafting the life that we want. In my new book, Live for a New Day, I tell how I went to sleep during massive storms at sea, hundreds of miles from shore, as huge waves were crashing down upon us. Upon us. And I had to go to sleep because I was part of, critical part of the crew. And I had to be awake when I had to steer the boat, when nobody else was on deck. So I had to go to sleep, and I did. And that was when I knew I had mastered my feelings and setting them aside. Since then, I have also suffered many major setbacks in life. The, the grief of losing two life partners as well as others. I might mention that I left this boat in Tahiti and it was lost at sea with all souls on board about a year later. So. <laughs> A lot's gone on in my life. But I believe that most of us can learn skills to change our feelings and soothe our own ills. And we can take charge of our brain and subconscious with persistence, intention, and work. I tackled my own dark state, and now I live grateful for each new day. I embrace life with a passion. May not seem like it right now, but I do. Um, feelings can be debilitating, and while not easy, you can set those feelings aside with time and practice. Setting aside negative feelings, even for a few minutes, while doing something productive, will slowly change your dark into more positive. And that's what happened to me, and that's what I really want to share with other people because I run into too many who are just stuck in life. And as a realtor, these times are super scary. And so I live in Ventura, California. And you know, in California, 27,000 approximately homes were destroyed by fire in 2017 and 18. And so I had to witness and try and help 
as many people as I could. Who, some people, you know, they go, okay, we live in Malibu or we live here and these are things that are to be expected, things happen. Other people, their life is completely over. And you know, you survive a disaster and you have the whole rest of your life. You've got to get up and, and, and live it. And so I totally believe that we can all step up and go on with life. It doesn't mean that the dark feelings and the memories go away, no. But if we take in charge and really deal with the negative feelings, just setting them aside, even just for a few moments, and knowing that by doing behaviors that are productive, your mind will slowly change from the negative to the positive. And trust me, I've proven it over and over and over to myself and to others. So, you know, many of us live on remote control and we think that we don't really have charge of our lives, that we, you know, we must go to college, we must do this and get married. And the fact of the matter is, we can change the channel. And so we need to really look within and what do we want? How do we want to live? And so believe in yourself. It is your life to take charge of. Focus on the positive. You will attract the positive. I'm sure it's not the first time that you've heard that. Visualize what you want to obtain and, and, you, and how you want to live. Know what your purpose and passion is. And finding ourselves is an ongoing process throughout our lives. It is important to get to know your why. Life should not be like walking on a treadmill. It should be, it should be rewarding and fruitful and fulfilling. So mindfulness has become a common word today, but I discovered mindfulness naturally through the work I tried to do on myself. And, being, and that is being aware and focused were key components to my taking charge of my feelings and my life. And I was lucky enough to run into many masters who helped me along my way. Now, I am really focused on how mental health and education are interrelated. I really believe this. I believe that it is an urgent national crisis that needs all of our attention. And recently, I had a couple astounding experiences that really gave me encouragement. The first was a trip to Kenya this past June where I was with the Unstoppable Foundation and I was able to go to many schools that, and communities that they've been building over the past at least 11 years. And a lot of the curriculum that they teach is based on Bob Proctor's teaching. And I just found out that Bob Proctor only has a high school degree and so do I. <laughs> so really high skilled persons can come just by life experience and just believing in themselves. So I also was able to actually be at the graduation of 
these girls from the first college level. They built this beautiful college in Masamara with the WE Foundation. And so I got to witness the first graduation class. And these girls were so powerful, so together. I wish I could channel them right now and stand here. Like they were just like amazing. And I know that they are going to not only change their world, which is obviously just trying to become modern, but they're going to change our world as well. And I'm very grateful that I got to experience that. And I really believe that we can really change our whole way we look at things. Here we are in the Masamara. My second experience was entirely different and yet not so different at the same time. I visited a level four maximum security prison here in California. And I went with a group of entrepreneurs and we were there to actually be able to uh, judge their business plans, their business plans which they could do inside the prison or outside the prison. And you know, these guys weren't there for parking tickets, so many of them are just not going to get out of prison. They have life or more sentences. But some of them are going to get out. <laughs> I've talked to a few of them about helping them when they get out. And so what was amazing and incredibly positive was how really centered and mindful they were. I mean, we were getting as much from them as we were giving. It was incredible. And I actually made a couple friends and I will be going back. It's not easy, it's really hard to see, and yet I encourage other people to really change their life by experiencing it. So all that encouraging news aside, we really have big problems here. We do not believe, we do not take care of people with mental illnesses or mental ills of any kind properly. And if we did change our education in bringing up whole people rather than people that are studying math and geography, we would be in a lot better shape. You can still learn math and geography, but the essentials to life is really being a whole human being and knowing who you are, what you can do. And we don't teach problem solving and we don't encourage enough people to be really creative problem solvers. So having to watch my mother suffer horrendous side effects from, me from medication is really, really horrible. And in fact, the side effects, I believe, were contributory to the ailments which paralyzed her in her old age. Um, I don't know if any of you know about some of the side effects, but you know, the shuffling and everything, and you keep taking those drugs and you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. And hopefully they're getting better. But having to watch my severely mentally ill mother and going through everything that she did, including psychiatric abuse, she had a love affair with one of her 
um, supposed psychiatrist. And later, I also lost my brother to mental illness because he could no longer trust any psychiatry after everything he had seen our mother go through. Sorry, here's the prison pictures. So the stigma of mental illness is still a huge issue today, and in the past it was much easier to access therapy. And now, you know, our system is so broke, broken, that we really need to make changes. And I do believe that we need mental institutions now. But I fear they would be prisons and warehouses if we don't have humanitarian politicians and voters. We need welcoming and safe environments to actually heal people and let them be productive citizens. And you know, the crisis is, is that so many of the homeless, the just the challenges that are just unbelievable for many people, PTSD, suicides. There's many suicides every day just in our veterans. And now we're even getting more suicides of people that you could just never imagine. Anthony Bourdain was the biggest hero in my life because I'm a globetrotter and he shared so much of the world. And so our standard now is only mostly to medicate. And there is my brother and I, sorry for that picture. And you know, the large proportion of cases are diagnosed with bipolar or depression. Although the actual list of psychological ailments is extensive. And one-on-one -on -one and group therapy is too elusive for many. And actual comprehensive therapy is financially completely out of the reach for most, probably almost all. And another of the channel challenges is that many severe mental cases are in denial and we just don't reach out to them. And medications are handed out liberally. One in five people in the United States are diagnosed with bipolar or depression, <coughs> despite all the other ailments that need separate treatments, anxiety disorders, phobias, etc. And there were more than 338 million prescriptions of just the top 25 antidepressants. There's hundreds of antidepressants. So it's really scary, people. So I'm on a rampage. And what we need is actual true mental hospitals, not mental institutions. And I'm hoping that we can make that happen. In the future, I hope that treatment can be managed mostly by ourselves. We can take charge of our brain and our subconscious.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.